A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the news stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Now, each week, I'm going to be choosing my hero of the week and my villain of the week. My hero this week is, of course, could it be, other than the Army veteran, 78-year-old poppy seller Jim Henderson, who was, he says, punched and kicked as pro-Palestinian protesters staged a sit-in at Edinburgh Waverley Station last Saturday. That story only emerged uh, mid this week. Mm. Philip Ingram is still with me. He's a former senior military uh, intelligence officer. Um, I think people were really shocked by that. And it's something actually the Sun have pointed out today is you can barely find a poppy seller in a, in a mainline station. We saw we saw sit-ins at various stations, Liverpool Street in London, other, other stations. I'm not quite sure why you have to demonstrate in a train station. I'm pretty sure you shouldn't have demonstrations. I don't even like charity collectors in train stations. I want people to be able to go about their lawful business and get on with it. But the idea that a 78-year-old man, a, a veteran, a man who's served his country, collecting money for charity mm-hmm. by selling poppies should have been surrounded by these pro-Palestinian protesters, um, intimidated enough to think I'm going to lose my the, the money I'm trying to collect. And, and, and when he goes in to collect it, getting pushed and shoved, and he says, you know, punched in the back, is absolutely horrific. It, it is horrific, and this is <clears throat> part of the argument why you know, the organisers of these marches can't seem to control them. You know, anything where you're, it, do, it doesn't matter what the subject is, yep. where you know, someone, an elderly individual, feels intimidated to that degree, whenever all they're trying to do is, is, is help. You know, I would feel intimidated walking through uh, that You sort just of don't strike me as a sort of man who'd be intimidated anywhere. Uh, I'll not let it be seen publicly, but you know, yeah. underneath you're going, what is going to go on here? Am I going to get out? And no one should feel that. I would say this is exactly. Jewish people feeling that walking you know, in central London with all these protests, and indeed in many other major cities. Um, but I think other people as well just feeling, I, I, I feel uncomfortable about this. Now, when people say that, you know what people say. They'll say, oh, you know, oh, you're just bigoted, or, you know, don't you care about children? Don't you care about Palestinian? Don't you care about Muslim children dying? Why, you know, all these things are thrown at people. I think most right-thinking people are really concerned about what is happening um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Gaza, and they want things, but they, they, they're not in favour of a, of a rally that seems to think that what the Hamas terrorists did on October the 7th is morally equivalent to, to what Israel is doing now, trying to wipe out these terrorist groups. Yeah. And, and you know, most veterans, and those veterans that have led their lives down, have, have led their lives down primarily to try and bring peace. You know, I remember um, in 
Kosovo, going into a village that um, you know, we knew that was going to be, um, everyone in it was going to be murdered by um, one of the irregular, uh, Serb irregular groups that was in there because we'd picked up their communication saying they were going to do this. Um, we stopped that from happening. Um, and I remember going to that village and seeing the women and children that were still alive in there. And I, you've never seen 12 grown men burst into tears whenever you get into the village and you see you know, what the results of something that you've done beforehand yeah. from afar yeah. um, and you can see the people that are alive. Yeah, I mean, that's the reality is the war, isn't it? it? Is. I have to say, um, I, I try to shy away from gory things a lot of the time. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bit a bit hopeless here. Armchair general, not a real general. And, um, and but some of, the, some of the, 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 the details of what happened on October the 7th are still absolutely harrowing. And people, I think, uh, you have to kind of seek out some of that information. The, brutality, the, the, the sadistic brutality, the revolting, stomach-churning brutality, stuff I can't say on air, British television... It's so beyond disgusting. Um, but we are seeing the footage day in, day out of, you know, parents weeping, you know, their, their children in Gaza. And that is horrific. It's absolutely horrific. No one wants to see that. But, but we only see one side of it day in, day out on the news. And I think that affects things. Uh and, and, and people are selective in what they want to see. And they'll believe yeah. some things, they'll not believe other things. And I think this is where um, there's a responsibility on our broadcasters to give a balanced view yeah. in what's happening. Absolutely. Good morning to you, Daniel. Morning, Julian. I just want to say that tens of thousands of uh, British men, mainly, are going to be going down tomorrow to defend the cenotaph. I think that, that there's a feeling out there in the country, all across oh, the majority of people, the silent majority, we have a weak, consocialist, centrist government that won't act or do anything. The opposition are even worse. I think we've got a useless, weak police force as well. And we've got to a point where the ordinary man in the street they, they, they call us all names, far right and hooligans. It's all rubbish. They're just ordinary blokes who have had enough. I, I, we've been telling the government that we want tougher immigration policy for, what, 25, 30 years? Yeah. We voted for Brexit to try and firm that up. They've done nothing. We've imported FGM, honour killing, sham marriage, suicide bombing, the full veil, grooming gangs. We've now got these yeah. protests, and it's, it's the final straw. These protests are taking the you-know-what, Julia. And people have had enough. And it's yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I always find it fascinating when they talk about things like, oh, we need to tackle FGM, or we need to educate, we need to do things like You think, well, well where, where, in what communities is this happening? It wasn't happening at my school when, when, you know, when I was a kid. not happening at my daughter's school right now. There is such a, there's such a dishonesty about this. And this is the thing. I really like Swella Bradman for saying, as one of our texters said, saying the quiet bit out loud, the stuff we're all saying in the pub, we're all saying to our mates at work, and, and, and everyone, everyone knows... Everyone's sane, knows is true. Does she, though, ruin it when she then says, oh, this is like the, the hate marches in Northern Ireland between you know, sectarian groups in Northern Ireland? Does she, does she undermine her argument when she does that? I don't think so. It's just semantics. We all know what she means, right? We can yeah. all play with words and talk about, is it right, is it wrong? What, and while we're doing that, Rome's burning. We're missing the point. The point is, I grew up in London, right? I'm 46. I grew up in SE21. And it was rough. We didn't have a lot of money. But I'll tell you what, it was a lot safer. And it was a lot better. You, the, the crime... homogenous countries have the least amount of crime. Most of Eastern Europe, lo, lo, very low crime. Poland, with the least immigration, has the least crime. Japan, another perfect example. Hardly any crime. I've seen London change for the worse before my eyes, right? And I've been telling the government... We've all been telling the government for 30, 40 years... We need to stop immigration from the third world. It is ruining our country. And Saturday is emblematic of that. 
Now, some people might not like it, but the majority of people behind closed doors and in pubs are saying this. Yeah, and what's interesting actually also is actually recent immigrants, people, people who, you know, or first generation, often the people, that's the second generation, people who are, are most impacted by that, uh, by that, that mass immigration. And again, the numbers we're seeing are huge. Impossible for people to integrate and assimilate when people aren't you know, coming in in smaller numbers, moving into already established communities and, 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 and sharing values and, and, and beliefs. Um, you speak a lot of sense. Um, listen, all I want to say is keep yourself safe if you are going uh, there on Saturday. And because you know that you know that you, you know, people like you are going to be targeted by the police. You need to you need to stay on the right side of the law. No, we will. Of course, I don't think anyone there is going uh, what, it, what, it's, what it's about, it's a show of force to say, so somewhere, some, someone in the government somewhere is going to look down and go, do you know what? We're the Conservative Party, but we're not very conservative, are we? No. Perhaps if we did, we did, we acted like a, a tough right-wing government that the people voted for, perhaps we'd, they would win the election yeah. by I, I don't even think it'd be like a tough right-wing government. I think this is just basic government and basic policing yeah. 101. Um, really, Daniel, I so appreciate your call. Thank you. I think you, there'll be a lot of people cheering you on right now at home listening to what you had to say. Let me bring Philip Ingram back in. Mm. What was your reaction to that? Well, I think it shows how... What Swilla Braverman's doing, and you know, the caller turned around and said he uh, agreed with their headlines and bits and pieces, but the trouble is it's then politicised by the opposition. And once it becomes politicised, it, it becomes polarised and it brings in more polarisation. Yeah. And if we've got people feeling as if they have to come into London to defend you know, what's going on and our, our that's original the police values... That's because the police aren't doing their job. But because the impression is that the police aren't doing their job. You know, because we're not seeing the police going in with hard arrests during the parades and yeah. stuff that have happened so far, but they've done a lot of arrests afterwards. And they have to balance off between yeah. stirring more trouble because there's not enough policemen on the streets. Right now, though, I'm delighted to be joined by the former leader of the Conservative Party. That's Sir Ian Duncan-Smith. A good uh, morning to you, Sir Ian. Mo morning, Julia. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Um, look, um, just just quickly on this issue of the uh, of this march being planned, yet another one every Saturday in London. We've seen for uh, quite some weeks now a march, the pro-Palestinian march. Do you think that march should be banned completely? Do you think they should ask it to take place on a different day? Uh, do you think that that march should just be not allowed around the cenotaph? Where are you on this? Uh, I'm for completely banning it from anywhere around London. And by the way, anywhere. Uh, well, marches because on the on uh, on the Sunday, many of us, many of our constituents will be holding remembrance parades ourselves. So it's not just the cenotaph. The fact is that we're having one up in London. Others will be having them all over the country. So this isn't. This is the point. It's not just a London affair. This is mm -hmm. all over the country. So please need to make it very clear that any attempt to uh, interrupt those very solemn proceedings will be dealt here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With... Uh, very severely. Uh, the but the point I think, but Serene, yeah. these, these, this protest plan is their their plan their plan for Saturday, Armistice Day, one of the most sacred days. You know, this is the eleventh of November. This is when you know the eleventh hour, the eleventh day of the eleventh month. We mark this moment when finally we saw uh, the end of World War One, and that we, you know, we, we this is the time that we choose to to say thank you and commemorate and remember the people who lost their lives. So we could do things like go on a march. This won't actually interrupt, we're told, the actual Remembrance Day service on Sunday. Although, again, I don't see how it doesn't interrupt and affect the the, the security preparations for that event. But the big concern would be that we saw, say, that we see, I don't know, what if someone throws red paint all over the cenotaph the day before or something like that? Is there an argument that it should go ahead? People have a right to protest. People died for the right for us to be on the streets and protest. We don't have to like what people are protesting about. We have to agree with the people but that it shouldn't take place in this one particular area of London. No, I'm, I'm, I'm stronger than that, I'm afraid. This is not one day. Bear in mind that the Cenotaph uh, session will be held on the 12th. Uh, on the 11th, I and many others will be also wreath-laying uh, in some solemnity to commemorate on the 11th at different locations. This is a weekend. It starts on Friday and it doesn't end until after the Cenotaph on Sunday. The Cenotaph is the culmination. It's not the beginning. Okay, uh, and I, I just want to make it very clear, by the way, we're not just celebrate, uh, commemorating uh, the end of the First World War. We're commemorating all the lives that are lost uh, from the end of the First World War. Uh, a thousand uh, British soldiers were killed in Northern Ireland and I served there and I lost a friend uh, who has never come back. So uh, for me, this is a, a personal issue. Yeah. Uh, I just think that they, we, all those soldiers, myself included, we uh, stood up for the rights that they are uh, exercised. But that does allow us to say on this one day when we commemorate those who stood up against tyranny and for those rights, that they themselves should step back and let us have that period uh, so that we can do so in peace because that's exactly what we need to do. And they have plenty of time to protest any other days, you know, that their rights to protest go on, although not to carry Hamas flags, uh, but uh, they have plenty of time to do that. They don't have to do it on that weekend. And I think that weekend is pretty sacred to most of us. Well, I'm a, a veteran of nine years service as an army commando. I'm actually gonna be in London for a service at Westminster Abbey on the 11th. That's this Saturday, yeah. Day. Yeah, on the Saturday. And then I'm going to be at the Cenotaph on the Sunday. And I'm, I'm, I'm angry, but I'm also nervous because what you've got is you're going to have a bunch of, you know, squaddies, old soldiers, etc. on the Saturday going to this service to commemorate, you know, their fallen and loved ones and friends, etc. And there's potential for 
you know, however many thousands of uh, supporters to turn up. And all it's going to take is one or two of these at the time that we're leaving the Abbey for people to maybe throw a flag or throw some paint over something or a flag over Churchill yeah. or something like that. And I, God, it's going to be awful. It's going to be absolutely awful. And I, I, we fought for the right for these people to protest. And, you know, why can't they just have some respect for what we did for them to allow them to do this? and actually go, you know what, we're not going to do it today, yeah. or the Met to say, let's just go somewhere else. Let's divert them around the top end of yeah, Hyde yeah, Park. You, you don't have a God-given right to protest when you want, where you want. There are rules. You have to get in touch. You get, you, there are actually rules about when you can protest and where you can protest. Now, that, look, you know, there, no one's saying, well, no, actually, look, some, some people, to be fair, are getting in touch saying there shouldn't be these protests. I've got no problem with these protests. I don't like them. I think they shouldn't be so intimidatory. I don't, I'm not a fan of people being allowed to take over tube journeys or, uh, or, or train stations, intimidating people going about their lawful daily business. There are plenty of places where people can protest where they're not actually impinging on other people's right to go about their daily business. But Armistice Day, Remembrance Sunday, this is... I mean, this is almost sacred in our calendar, isn't it? And, and, and I'm sure lots of people watching and listening want to say to you, Darren, thank you for your service. Thank you for doing the, the, the scary, dangerous stuff that most of us armchair generals don't have the guts to do. And we should be listening to people like you. Well, and you know, it's all about walk a mile in your shoes, you know. And I, I was in the first Gulf and it was, you know, horrendous in points and mad and funny in others. But, you know, people should just have some respect. Just have some respect and go, you know what? This is a day for these guys and these girls and, you know, to commemorate the fallen, commemorate their families, friends, loved ones, and just have some respect. Just go somewhere else. And to be honest, if they're looking at hearts and minds of people, yeah. if they said, actually, this is what we're going to do, they might, they might actually win a bit more proper support, you know? Well, look, um, let's also hear about who my villain of the week is. And it won't surprise you if you were watching yesterday's show. My villain of the week is former Labour MP Chris Williamson. He, of course, is a big Corbyn Easter MP, is suspended from the party, lost his seat. He was on the show and uh, where he and I were talking about those pro-Palestinian marches and he accused Israel of behaving worse than Nazis. Let's have a listen. Do you think that actually a ceasefire will in any way benefit the ordinary people of Gaza, ordinary civilians, including children? Well, they're being massacred on a daily basis, Julia, at the moment. So, of course, a ceasefire would be beneficial to the people living in Gaza, which is, let's remember, which is, let's remember, is a concentration camp. It's not it's, a concentration it's, it's, camp. Well, I'm sorry, How Julia. How dare you use that phrase? How prison. dare you? Well, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Are Palestinians, are Palestinians working gas chambers in Gaza? Julia, what is the definition of a concentration camp? I, I'm just so People appalled. are penned in. They you are not seem allowed like to a normal person. Nobody is allowed you seem to like a normal person with Gaza. normal values. They have a fence around them. And they are oppressed. Seem... They are daily. They are regularly bombarded by the Israeli regime. It, what an absolute outrage! And how you can defend a regime which is behaving worse than Nazis, actually, in some respects. Worse respect. than Nazis. There absolute... we go. Yes, worse absolutely. Because the... what we are seeing. Chris, Thousands of children have been murdered by this Chris, Israeli why regime. Don't we, why don't we just Over save time? Why don't you just come on this when, show when and just humanity. shout, I hate Jewish people, and save you know, everyone I, when, time?
Yeah, got a bit heated, that did, Philip Ingram. I have to say, Chris Williamson used to be in the studio on a regular basis, actually. Um, uh, again, until I sort of kind of worked out what his real views are. A lot of people hide in plain sight. Um, I was so repulsed by that. I, I was still shaking with anger about two hours later. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen that before, and I'm shocked, completely shocked. You know, if there's ever a definition of hate speech, we've just heard it. You know, yeah. And it's from someone who clearly doesn't understand what he's talking about. Oh, no, he's, he's been tweeting me since saying, you don't understand, you don't know the history, you know. Well, you know I, th I, think, I think we do know the history. And, you know, he, he, he talks about ceasefire. That's, that's not just a political thing, it's a military thing. And, mm. you know, from militarily, if you, if you get a ceasefire or you get a, an operational pause, you're likely to have more people getting killed in the long run, whether they be um, uh, Israeli military personnel, but more likely 90% you know, of the casualties are civilians and they're Palestinians. He doesn't talk about the um, daily rocketing of Israel and the attacks on uh, and still going on whilst the Israelis are going in. Exactly, and is yeah. this idea that, oh, well, let's go back 2,000 years. I mean, you know, you just can't do that. It is just absurd. Um, you know, we, we know the reason why there is bombardment of Gaza right now is as a result of what happened, that massacre in October. Uh, the seventh. Uh, it, is, it, was, it was a very painful conversation. Mm. If you want to see the full clip, it is on our YouTube page. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Open discussion. Healthy debate. Stay on top of the news agenda. Bristling with debate. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio.